Simple Suttas, a podcast on original Buddhism. If you're listening to this on podcast, I'll just let you know I'm also videoing this and putting it on uh, YouTube as well. I don't know if you're at all interested in seeing my face when I say any of this. Maybe if you're not, you could be interested in these uh, beautiful woods that are melting all around me at the moment. But I uh, just noticed that uh, it's a lot of energy on YouTube and uh, that's a way to get the Dhamma in front of people, I thought it might be worth a try. So I'll do a couple of these and you can let me know if you think it's, it's valuable or not. The other day I, I gave a, a, a Dhamma talk it's a lot of fun. My, my uh, normal uh, Dhamma group is just really open to different kinds of ideas. They're really smart, really uh, engaged with the Dhamma. I uh, talked a lot about uh, Buddhism and politics, which always has the capability of setting people off. Anyway, one of the questions afterward I thought was just a great question. It went something like this. In this time of unsureness, is there such a thing as truth? In the context of, uh, of politics, but also through the, the lens of Buddhism. It's a great question. It's a great question. Uh, did the Buddha say that there was really truth or not? It brings to mind right away the, uh, the beginning of the Dhammapada, first couple lines. All experience is led by mind, preceded by mind, made by mind. Speaker act with a corrupted mind and suffering follows like the wagon wheel follows the hoof of the ox. Great first line. You know, when people talk about, uh, you know, great first lines, like uh, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, could hardly do better than the first couple of lines of the Dhammapada. So, so much Dhamma packed into that just handful of words. Uh, oh, by the way, that's the, the, the Gil Fransdahl uh, translation of it. I think I uh, got it pretty close. I always have a, a soft spot for, uh, for Gil. He was one of the first uh, teachers that I listened to uh, quite a lot on podcast. Uh, maybe any of you have listened to the old uh, Zencast. This was when podcasting very, very first was coming out. And 99% uh, of the people looking for podcasts were just looking for free music. Back when uh, free music was a big deal, you know, you had to illegally download things to put it on your, your iPod unless you were willing to pony up and buy the 99-cent song from iTunes. But... You could download podcasts for free, and a lot of them had free music. So uh, what uh, Gil or his group did was they had a, a podcast called Zencast, which actually was mostly Theravada and didn't have very much in the way of, uh, of Zen. But uh, in, in any case, it started with a lot of music uh, before it got to the Dhamma. So a nice way of like uh, sucking people in and then whew, giving them the Dhamma. That was great. That was great. Uh, so anyway, back to this uh, th this first line. You know, it's it's really powerful stuff. There, there's a lot of different 
what are scriptures that talk about kind of our relationship with reality? And this one's very interesting, right? So the, the first one is, uh, all experience is preceded by mind, led by mind, made by mind. I'm not actually sure about that made by mind. I think that might be a little bit too, too definitive a word. It's not quite right. right. So what the Buddha taught isn't that our mind makes the world in the sense that there's nothing there and then our mind creates it from whole cloth. That's not how it works. What it says, if it was how it works, then we wouldn't have this world, right? We would create a world where we don't get old, we don't die, we don't suffer, if we could just make it from whole cloth. Rather, the process is involves both mind... Oh, by the way, here's my railroad here. Isn't that nice? Uh, the, the process involves both mind and the outside world. They're both involved. The process begins with contact between the world and the senses. It gets interpreted by our cognitive processes, filtered through our delusions, and comes out the other side. Now, what it feels like is you see the food and you want it. You see the, uh, the person and you're angry with them. It's not like that. There's actually this really complex process that's going on behind the scenes. Or at least it's behind the scenes if you're not paying attention. It's not that you see the kid misbehaving, therefore anger arises, therefore you're doomed to, uh, to hit them or to yell at them or something like that. So th this is exactly what the Buddha uh, means in that verse when he says, if you speak or act with a corrupted mind, then suffering follows. It's only when that experience is filtered through that corrupted mind that it ends in this uh, result of anger and violence. Speak or act with a, a wise mind, a peaceful mind, a, a mind that has let go of, of ignorance. And the same experience of the world can uh, result in a completely different outcome. A mind with peace, a mind with patience, a mind free from uh, ignorance can react to the same situation with peace. Now, this is, this is sort of obvious, right? This is, everybody knows this. But it's, it's so easy to forget. As with almost any skill, it's so easy to forget. I, I find it very much like uh, uh, teaching a kid uh, to play the piano. My daughter has been learning the piano, and so I've been sort of reminded of some of the, uh, the, the, the basic tools of learning, you know. Play most scales and your thumb crosses under after the third finger. Well, it's so obvious. You just say it once and that's it. That's the information. Thumb crosses under after the third finger on most scales. And yet, it's really easy not to do it. 
It's incredibly easy not to do it. It's not a matter of just saying, thumb crosses under after the third finger. You have to do it. And you have to do it again and again and again. If you find yourself doing the wrong thing, you have to slow down and look. Am I crossing under that thumb in the right place? Am I not? And then you have to practice it over and over and over again. So what does that mean in the, in the context of that first verse of the Dhammapada? Well, it means if you see yourself acting in ways that lead to suffering, it's because you're acting with a corrupted mind. So what do you have to do? Well, you have to slow down and look at the process. You have to look at your finger and see, is the problem that I'm crossing under in the wrong place? Am I crossing under after the fourth finger? Am I starting with the wrong finger? Well, same thing here. You find yourself overcome with anger. Well, what are you supposed to do? How should you be reacting? How should you be thinking through this? It's amazing how different you can see something with a different mindset. How you can see a kid making a giant mess in the kitchen and feel anger and then get a little bit closer. Take a second before you raise your voice and realize, oh, well, they're trying to cook cupcakes for the family. <laughs> I had this experience uh, the other day. I felt that anger rise up, but I didn't act on it. And that's exactly what was happening. My daughter was just making cupcakes. She'd learned how, she was trying it out. I was so relieved that I hadn't acted on that uh, initial anger because she was doing something beautiful. And uh, I could help her out and we could clean up a little bit together and uh, it was a good experience. Thanks for listening. Let me know if these uh, videos are interesting or useful or if I should uh, uh, go back to our old format. <laughs>